A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. What's up, everyone? Welcome back for a brand new edition of Collider Ladies Night. I am very excited to welcome Rachel Sennett to the show because I'm a big fan of your work. And as you already well know, I am obsessed with bodies, bodies, bodies. Your movie is such a damn blast. I love it. Thank you. It's fun. It's very fun. That it is. All right. So the first thing we do on Ladies Night is we play a game called Dicey Questions. Usually there's a dice tower with me, but I didn't bring it to New York. So you are going to pick your own numbers. I've got eight questions here. You pick three numbers, one through eight. And whatever questions we land on, that is where we start at least. Okay. I'm going to pick three numbers. Yes. One, three. one at a time because I'm never okay. going to remember them. <laughs> okay. I'll start with three. All right. Number three. Number three is a good one. I just love asking people this. Could you survive a zombie apocalypse? And if you were in one, what is the greatest, what is your best skill that you would bring to your group of survivors? No, I could not. I, I like, I think about when it's like a little chilly and I'm like, I'm done. I've never been in a physical fight. I can't, I like don't do well at like an amusement park. Do you know what I mean? Like a long day out in like at like Six Flags, I'm like dead. So zombie apocalypse, that's a no. Um, what I could bring, I think I would. I'm imagining like let's say I'm in a group with people. I think I would. I'm like sense of humor, <laughs> sense of humor for the 20 minutes that I'm alive before I get killed. Morale um, is would, important. Yes, people need that. And then after I've been killed by a zombie, everyone's kind of like, we miss her vibe. Um, but that's, I don't think I would be around for very long. I, I get it. I'm a big baby in the cold. So if I was in an area where it got too cold, I would, I don't know, I'd probably just lay down and give up. <laughs> yeah, or too hot, anything. I just, I just know that I would not, I would not. Who knows, maybe something would kick in that I've never experienced before, but I don't. I can't see that. I don't see that happening. Okay. Just remember how important group morale is. What is your second number now? Um, Seven. 
Number seven is IMDb trivia. So I'm obsessed with looking at everybody's trivia page because we always find really random and silly facts there. So if you could add something to your page about yourself that would surprise everyone, what would it be? Um, I don't know if that would surprise everyone, but I would be like, reacts horribly to dairy. I think that doesn't surprise anyone at all. I think that's something people could look at me and go, she doesn't do well with milk. But I'm like, for some reason, I'm like, I need people to know that. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's, a, that's a good thing to throw out to the world. I hope everybody uh, pays attention and adjusts their menus accordingly in the future. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You got one more number on the tower. What is it? Um, I think nine. There's no nine. It's one through eight. I love that. Um, I, that's purple. actually a, that's um, a, that's a first and I absolutely love it. I thought it was out of 10, but I love it. It's out of eight. Okay. I'm going to do five. Number five is wrap gifts. What is the most memorable wrap gift you ever received? Ooh. Um, well, for bodies, Amanda got everyone these cute little necklaces that said their character names. And I thought that was really sweet. I wear mine all the time, which is kind of, it's my character's name is Alice. And it's sort of like, if you don't know, especially before the movie comes out, I'm like wearing it in a coffee shop. Like, am I Alice? Am I Rachel? But um, I thought that was really cute. All right. So we're going to get into the meat of it now. And every single ladies night begins here. What is the movie, the performance, the personal experience, whatever it may be that first made you say to yourself, I have to be an actor? I think I was really, from a young age, I was annoying, but I didn't know how to channel that into something. And then I saw like a play when I was pretty young. Like I want to say like like kindergarten or first grade or something. Like I saw a local theater play and I was like, what is that? Because I didn't, I mean, I watched movies, but all the movies that I watched when I was like really young were like animated or like, I don't think I put two and two together of like what um, acting was. And then I saw like a live play and I was like, oh, I want to do that. Um, it seems so fun. And it was just like a local, I can't even remember what it was. I feel like it was like Annie or something. And then I was in Annie like four times and I was never Annie. Um, curious. And um, I think just seeing it and being like, what is that? And my mom being like, it's the play. And then I was like, I want to do that. I've gotten Annie as the answer to this question so many times. And I, I, kinda, I don't know. Yeah. I kind of love it. it. I mean, it really just shows what a great impression that that production has made on so many people. Or that too many people are doing the show. I think it's like, let's take a break from Annie. The that's okay. that I, I the way that I because I I think I did it at least three times growing up in like my town, one town over, and then like a summer version. And it's like there's other shows. We gotta pick something else. <laughs> but yeah, it's a classic. That's that's fair enough. Um, all right. So you decide you want to be an actor, but it's a completely different thing to say, I want to be an actor and then to start taking steps towards making that happen. And I'm always fascinated by the fact that every single path is different. So when you first made that decision, what did you think step one to becoming an actor should be? And now looking back, was that step something you would recommend to aspiring actors or did you find something else that was more effective? I mean, I think when I was like a kid, I would be like, 
I, I, I did some embarrassing things. I sent like an email to the casting director of like the Twilight movies because I was like reading the Twilight books being like, I like could be a really good like background vampire. And it's like probably all I had to do was like show up. But um, I was like cold emailing people as a child. Um, and honestly, sometimes a cold email works. But um, so I think when I was like a kid, I just wanted like any way into that to break in. Because I think that if you don't come from the world of the industry and you're kind of like, it's sort of mystical where you're like, how do I even get in there? Um, and then I think I went to school in New York and um, just being in the city, I think made me realize like, I just need to kind of put myself out there as many ways as possible. Um, and I think that is a good thing to do. Like I started doing stand up. I would do basically um, every single student film that there was to do um, at NYU. Like I did, like I would go, I would be like in their class exercises where the teacher is like, this is how you point the camera. And I'm just like sitting there like eating an apple or whatever it was where they were like anything. And then I would like write these sketches with my friends um, and we would shoot those. So I think like basically just like trying to find a way to put yourself out there because like people will, they said it to me, they would say this like when we were in school and I was like, I don't really believe you. Like, but like people are watching like, um, and they're looking for new talent, like agents and stuff like that. And when I was, by the time I like signed with my agents, they had been like, oh yeah, we saw you doing stand up like for years, like tracking you kind of and seeing like sketches and everything, but you don't really realize um, that. But I think you just have to put yourself out there and like do as much good work as possible. Oh my, I have so many follow-up questions. But first, to make you feel better about the cold email, when I first started in this on this side of the business, I cold emailed the producer of The Hunger Games and she wrote me back and she was really nice. And I just recently moderated something for her. So sometimes that is the way to go, especially when, you, when you're writing to someone who's super cool and really responsive to stuff like that. Yeah, I did not hear back from the Breaking Dawn casting directors, <laughs> but I'm glad that you heard back. <laughs> There, there's better things on the horizon. You deserve more than to be a background vampire. The, but that was as like a teen, I was like, I would kill this. Um, <laughs> um, going back to school now, because another thing that always fascinates me is that every path is different in that respect, where some people feel the need to train in a more formal program or setting like that, but others like to just get out there and get their experience on set. So at that point in your life, why was studying at Tisch the right move for you? Looking back, I mean, I think it was just my parents, like, I think that it would have been, they wanted me to go to college. And I think, like, just, it makes sense, like, everyone at my, it was like, everyone goes to high school, then you go to college. Like, I think there was no, in my head, it was just what was, like, expected of me. Um, looking back, I think the main thing that I got from going to school there is, not from the classes, which is bad to say, but like, I really felt like the acting program and everything, like I would ask questions about like having a career or like, how do I get an agent? Am I allowed to leave class to do an audition? And it was like, no, 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 no. What you really should be doing is 
performing a monologue from 1802 and, and like eating a raw onion while you do it. Like that was, it was such a like cult like program. And I basically just like left my studio after two years and did like what I was saying where I did like every student film and I would like lie and say that I was like sick so I didn't have to go to class and I could do those things. And I wish that the programs did a better job because it's, to me, I think that's what's special about the school. And I met so many of my like current day collaborators there. Like I met Emma who, because Shiva Baby was initially like her, uh, a short film and it was like her senior thesis film. And the reason that she cast me in that is because she saw me in all these other like student films and she was like, who's that girl? Um, and then we just finished like a movie that we wrote together. Um, I met my friend Io, like my friend Moss doing comedy. Um, we all started doing like open mics together. Um, and now like Moss and I, and then Moss and I started running a stand-up show. Io was in um, Bottoms and we did a Comedy Central series together. Like all of my collaborators that I met in school, like that is the most valuable part of the school experience. But I felt like the school itself, and maybe this is bad, for me. I don't want to be dragging, but I feel like I had to go out of my way to make those to like cross over and do the film like the drama program did not really support me doing going over and like doing film student projects and but i like did it anyways i very much understand that i'm an nyu grad too i was in the journalism yeah. program and i feel like it was either a very rigid form of print journalism or broadcast and there was very little in between and i wanted to do the in between and the program didn't really tolerate that and Carved my own path and now I'm doing the in-between. Yeah, yeah, you have to, I think really, I mean, I think no matter what, like no one is gonna give you the like one, two, the steps. But I just knew that I was like, I do not fit into this mold of what like a good student at this specific program is. I am not. Like it felt like they were trying to like whittle down everything that made, you you and because like they wanted everyone delivering this monologue we're all doing this monologue and there's like one right way to do it and what i've learned since like doing stand-up writing on my own like everything that i felt bad about myself or like anything that would make me different is what also now like makes me interesting and like gets me in the room or parts or whatever um so i think that you just have to kind of like carve your own path and like I remember feeling so I would like have this giant backpack with me that I would carry everywhere and I would like go to class and then we would be in class till like 6 or 7 p.m and then I would like walk to an open mic and be in like a like dive bar with all these like 40 year old men from like Jersey who are like doing like stand up um and it was just really jarring where i was like there's no i i'm just like trying stuff and throwing stuff out there and i have no idea if any of this is a good idea but i just it felt like the right thing it just felt it felt like i had more control than just like kind of like succumbing to this program where it was very much like 
yeah, you know what I mean? I also didn't get cast in any of the like school plays or anything. There were all these like plays and that seemed like the important thing where it was like, if you do like the play, then they invite like commercial agents to see you do like Oedipus or whatever, which to me, I'm like, I'm not gonna shine in that. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think it was it's just carving your own path. I very much understand that. Uh, going back to the comedy club scene, because I was doing a little reading and I, I came across something you said about not really loving that scene and then finding uh, the alt scene instead. And that was much more your speed. So how do you think that your experience in the alt scene has shaped you now where if you had stuck to the comedy clubs instead, then maybe you wouldn't have gained a certain thing that you did in the other form of comedy? Yeah, I think that when the club scene and the kind of like, I guess Manhattan scene, although the alt scene is in Manhattan and Brooklyn, whatever. But when I started, it was just like, I would typically be like one of like two or three women. There was no one my age. And the type of humor was very like old school, like my wife. And um I was, I felt like when I was trying to tell my type of jokes, I felt like, like if I'm telling a joke about like a weird sexual experience to like a group of like 40 year old men, they're like leering at me. And then I go to like the alt scene and I'm telling every, a lot of more people are like my age. They understand the things that I'm talking about and I'm telling jokes to them and they're laughing because they're like, oh my God, I also had that kind of weird experience, whatever, as opposed to being like, ha, 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 that girl's 20 and she was naked. Like, you know what I mean? It's just a different sort of, I felt like I was telling jokes for them. And then I also just felt so much more support in that scene where it's like the way that you get seen by reps is doing good shows and doing a lot of shows like i felt like in the manhattan scene the club scene they were like if you want to get on it new york comedy club broadway whatever you gotta hang around and like be, like just like be with all these old guys for like years to try to get like a five minute spot versus like i i did like I started going to the alt open mics and the comedy shows and it was so many like young people being like do our show like we'll do your show and like whatever and it was just so much more fun and i i did a lot more shows for people my age and it just felt so much better so this is something I'm really curious about because like you've had so much success in stand-up and other things beyond acting for the camera, but this is an industry that has a habit of boxing people into the very first thing that they become very popular for and that they're very good at. What was it like, I guess, trying to do a little bit of everything in the earlier years when I've heard so many stories about folks being told like, don't hook yourself to that because otherwise they're going to leave you there and not give you access to this other type of work you want so much. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, I was like, I think to get into the industry, you need kind of like a sharp point, kind of you need, like, you don't know what the thing is going to be, but people will see you exactly that, like for one thing and be like, oh, she does this. Um, and so I felt like, um, for me, I was like, I'm gonna do everything all at once. 
and see what hits, but always be working on multiple things. And like, um, I remember when I was, my, my dad drew me this like chart where it's like, there's things that are like urgent and important. There are things that are like urgent, not important. And then there are things that are not urgent, but important. Um, and I wish I could draw it because then it would seem better than when me saying it. It's already but like, speaking to me. I'm very organizational, like list making. So yeah. this is kind of like working with how my brain works right now. Wait, are you a Virgo? Did I ask you this? No, I'm a Scorpio. Oh, okay. Love that. <laughs> I'm Scorpio rising. I'm Virgo, but I'm very like list, like organization yeah. because it's like every single day, it's like you have an email or whatever you're doing like you know, stuff that feels like important then, or like, oh, you got a self tape. But then there's things where it's like, like Emma and I started writing Bottoms, the movie that we just shot, like the same time she was writing Shiva Baby, the feature. Like she wrote, we, we finished the short together and then we started writing it. And so that's like a script that we've been working on for years. Um, but then when Shiva Baby came out and we had buzz from that, we were able to be like, we have this other script ready to go and we didn't have to like start from scratch and we could use the momentum. So I feel like in my head, I was like, okay, I have to focus on everything. Some things that are going to benefit me right now, which is like doing stand-up, doing open mics, but then I'm working on the things so that when I get noticed at the open mic and I go into an agency meeting, I can say, hey, I also have this. I want to be seen as this. And like doing Shiva Baby, the feature, it's like that was also a long process. I didn't write that, but like Emma and I worked together. Like I was a producer on that, trying to find funding, doing all of those things where it's like there was no like immediate reward for that. That was a very much like a slow burn, but I was working on that while I was doing stand up, so that like I could be seen as all of these things at once and not get put into a box. Very, very smart move. One of the best lessons that I learned in film school was to always have that something in your back pocket just in case the thing that you're working on now hits. And it's, it's very true. <laughs> No, and you never know like when something is going to go and like there's things where it's like you've worked on it where you're like it feels like the moment and then all of a sudden something else takes off and you're like we'll put that on the back burner. Like I think it's very much like an industry of like momentum and like being able to adapt to because there's so many like so many things that I've worked on that never went anywhere, that didn't happen, but no one ever sees those. And you have to like, just keep kind of going. And like, like I pitched a TV show, I've done whatever. I've like written a bunch of other scripts that haven't been made. And it's like, you just have to like, kind of um, just keep going. Um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. You learn every single step of the way. And then it gets you to bodies, 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 which I love, love, love. Um, one of the things I love most about this project is the ensemble. So first question on that one I have for you is, who who surprised you most? Who did you meet day one when you first learned who was cast? And I don't know, you thought you knew what they were capable of, but then when they hit the set and you started working together, it was just above and beyond they surprised you. I think, I mean... He is someone that I went in with the most expectations of because there's so there's so much like about him online or like I've seen him perform on SNL and I I actually was always a fan of his comedy. I saw him um, 
tape like one of his specials because they did it at Kimmel um, at NYU. And I like went, I like have a Facebook status that from like years ago that was like seeing Pete Davidson tonight. Um, and like, I think he is so funny in this movie, but I also thought he really was, did such a great job dramatically. Um, and really like that impressed me a lot. And I think he really is a serious actor and he like takes everything like he was so focused um and like i mean everyone blew me away i think the whole cast is so talented and brings like their own style um so i was i was like i felt so lucky to work with everyone on the movie but for him i'm like i think i definitely heard i read the most Thing, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> what you said is literally what I said about him in my review. He does it in uh, The King of Staten Island too, where it's like he's showing off what he's best at, what we know him most for, but at the same time, he's showing that he has great range and can dip into the drama very, very effectively. Yeah, totally. All right, so I'm like a little bit of a backstory nerd, so I might have overthought this, but did you all ever like imagine or talk about whether or not there was toxicity in their friendship from the very beginning or was like there a certain incident in their friend group that kind of set them all on this path I think that they were I think that their friend group like started when they were so young and like in the same way that there's like toxic stuff there was like amazing memories because you need to have that if you're gonna hang on for years when it's not good anymore like I think they had the best time like I think they 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 did so many weekends like this weekend that were perfect that were so fun and so when things are going badly it's like they're trying they want like I think my character Alice like wants everyone to have fun wants everyone to have a good time and it's like please like let's go. like do you remember when we all went to Spain and it was so fun like you know what I mean like th that kind of thing where it's like she's trying to get back to that place um and I think obviously like different characters have different conflict um but I think that uh that comes over like building years of like not speaking out on like things that made you upset or angry and then like building resentments, um, which I think can just happen in friendships if you don't communicate. I think that's very, very true. You could feel the kind of build and then the explosiveness in this particular situation. Yeah, like you have to, cause I think it's that thing where it's like, if you don't, if you don't say when you're upset, like for me, I've realized like, if I'm like frustrated or upset, like at all, I just have to say it. And then as soon as I say it, like any of my friends will be like, oh, sorry. And then it's fine. But it's like, even if it's the littlest thing and you're like, I won't say it, but it's getting, I'm, it's, it just like, it builds. And then you end up having like an explosive reaction because you're like four years ago. And it's like, just say like, this bothered me. And then it's fine. Yep. You know? I, need to, I need to remind myself of that more often than I do. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's hard and it's something like I feel like everyone has to like work on or like I feel like for me, I have to be like, no, just say it. But I feel like it's important. 
I totally get that. All right. I only have five minutes left, so I'm going to put up the uh, spoiler warning because I wanted to ask about certain details. And the first question I wanted to uh, ask is to bring back something that we were discussing at Comic-Con, but we had to stop short because we didn't want to reveal anything. I was asking you all about the improv and for the scene that started in one place, but then completely changed when you were on set because of all the improv involved. And I think Mahala had said the, the gym scene. So what were the specifics of how that changed? and where you guys ended up ultimately the gym scene i think we just that was the first scene we shot at the end of the first week where i think that was the first death that we shot and i think that we didn't like the script was so funny and it's hard to tell like what the tone is and i think what we figured out when we shot that scene was that we it has to feel completely real to us it has to feel like shooting that scene was like intense and kind of dramatic where it was like we're watching like lee die and give the performance of his life literally he was so like so committed for every single person's coverage it's like the camera's not even on him he is giving you like the most intense death you've ever seen and we're just watching that over and over and it feels real um and so i think it was like any of the lines that could have been said like like why didn't you text me back like where were you or whatever like could be said like where we're kind of doing it sort of not committed and i think the comedy comes from the full commitment um and so i think that kind of just kind of made us like settle into the tone sort of I feel like this is kind of asking you to like I don't know choose your favorite child or something but you just have so many unforgettable lines of dialogue in this do you have a favorite of the bunch or like something you came up with on the spot and you're like shit like that's real good I think my favorite improv was the um I'm an ally line because it was like, I don't know if I even had a line there. The, I don't think I had a line there. I think it just went right to Jordan's, um, like, you're always playing the victim. But I didn't know there was like so many takes where I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, would I roll my eyes at her? And then it's like, I thought about it and it's like, and Helena was like, like, you'd want to like, defend yourself or be on her side like this is worse than being accused of being like the murderer um and so like there was this that that take where it was like just wanting to like I think so many people instead of wanting to like listen or be like what did I do wrong they need to like jump to the defense and be like I am an ally and I understand um and so that one was really fun I think. Okay. That was a good one. You have so many in this. Um, I'll end with this question. It's it's like a little bit of theorizing here, but let's say Alice was the last one standing. She made it out alive and she discovered what was really going on the entire time. How do you think the experience would have changed her, if at all? I think it would have completely broken her. Um, completely. Like, I think there's like this, I mean, kind of the whole night, like, she goes from being like, I just want to have fun to being like unhinged by the end. Like in that, my final scene, like b before I die, I think it's just like, 
every lie that I've told myself or thought that I've had about my friends, it's like, <gasps> everyone hates me. And my podcast that I work so hard, which honestly, like, if I found out that like, my friends didn't like respect me, like that would destroy me too. Like, I think like so much that that would be so hard to be like something I, I all my friends are making fun of me behind my back. They don't respect, you know what I mean? I think that would destroy pretty much anyone. Um, so I think she would not be okay. I don't know <laughs> what she would do. Um, but she would not be good. Oh my God, my heart. Thank you so much for your time today. Huge congratulations on everything Thank you've accomplished, you. but wow, bodies, bodies, bodies is something else. You should be proud. And so should this entire ensemble and Helena too, because it comes together quite well. Thank you again, everyone out there. Go see bodies, bodies, bodies. And I can't wait to do this again with you in the future. Yes, thank you. It was so good to see you again. You too. 